Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty and the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Hello, beauties. Erica here with another episode for you, and this is going to be a very informative episode, and uh, we're going to be diving deep into the YouTube adpocalypse, and I have Jen from Jen Loves Review as my guest, Uh, but before we dive into that, I do want to remind you guys that today is the last day that you can enroll in the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp. So if you're listening to this podcast tomorrow or this weekend, I'm sorry, it's too late. But today, the 18th of January, is the last day that you can enroll in the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp. We've got dozens of people in there already. It's an amazing group of people. I'm super pumped. I'm super excited for it. So if you want to make 2018 your year for your YouTube channel, then go to beautyandtheblog.com forward slash bootcamp and sign up. Or if you are on the mailing list and you've probably been getting the emails all about it, just go in there, click on it and sign up and make that commitment to yourself and to your YouTube channel to make 2018 the year that you make it on YouTube. So I really hope to have you if you're listening and you're thinking about it and you're on the fence, just go for it. And I'd love to have you in the bootcamp. All right, so for our episode for today with Jen, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a bio, but she's actually, speaking of bootcamp, she's actually one of my uh, bootcamp members from last year, and she is a uh, former guest of the show as well. She was on my podcast uh, about a year ago, maybe, actually, I think at this point it's been a year and a half to two years ago, and that's how we, we first met, and then we became friends, and she's amazing. She's so good and talented at what she does. She uh, has an incredible YouTube channel. She's probably one of the hardest working YouTubers that I know. Uh, if you don't know who she is, then go to Jen Loves Review and check out her channel. She actually did an entire video about the adpocalypse. So she knows a lot about it. So I wanted to bring her on to dive in even deeper on the topic. I had a bunch of questions from you guys from the Facebook group, from Twitter, uh, emailed me, wherever you guys find me, you guys sent me some questions on this. So we dove deep into your concerns about the YouTube adpocalypse and got Uh, a bunch of info on that. So Jen is a YouTube veteran of broadcasting on the platform since 2006. Her beauty channel, Jen Loves Reviews, launched in 2012 with the intention of giving honest reviews that people could trust. She's done just that and more, creating a beauty community of makeup lovers who not only learn from Jen, but learn from each other in what she calls the collective brain of makeup makeup awesomeness. Jen's channel is truly unique in the beauty space, presenting thorough research-based reviews and her makeup news broadcast, What's Up in Makeup, and the Daily Makeup Minute. As a result, she's gained over 50,000 subscribers and 6 million video views in 2017 alone. 
So this is going to be an amazing episode, chock full of info on the YouTube apocalypse. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of the other episodes. And uh, if you're interested in that bootcamp, then make sure you head over to beautyintheblog.com forward slash bootcamp to sign up. All right. Mwah. Well, hello, Jen, and welcome to the podcast again. Thanks, Erica. So if you guys haven't heard my interview with Jen, I did interview her, gosh, how long ago was it? Like a year ago? At Maybe? least, yeah. At least, at least. And I think it's longer, a year and a half ago. So make sure you check out her episode because then we go into her background, her YouTube history. I mean, Jen has been on YouTube forever, so she knows her stuff. So I wanted to bring her back on the show because this is a topic that is coming up again and again. And it's a really important one that I wanted to address here on the podcast about the apocalypse and everything that's going on with the YouTube demonetization. Jen also created a video about this, which I'm going to link in the show notes and in the email newsletter. So I wanted Jen to kind of hop on and talk about it. And also since she was on the podcast. Her and I become very good friends and we've talked about having her come on the show again and we thought this was a great way to have her come back and join us here on Beauty and the Vlog and kind of you know, tell her knowledge of this subject. So Jen, thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. So, okay, let's get right into it. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit of the backstory of the apocalypse that's going on right now or the YouTube demonetization and how that came about? So basically, I mean, I, I think uh, probably a lot of your listeners already know that people can make money off of making YouTube videos through YouTube AdSense. Um, it's a Google AdSense where the, the ads that run on videos are able to be monetized and the, there's a very small, it's like a fraction of a penny that you make per view in order to make money for making YouTube videos. So basically what happened was, is that back in March of 2017, advertisers started pulling out ads because they realized their ads were being shown on content that they didn't want to endorse. So like extremist videos and videos containing hate speech and things like that. So it was a lot of really big advertisers. So as a result, YouTube started trying to figure out, well, how are we going to problem solve for this? Because our money is just going out the door right now. So they started this new review system that went live in August of 2017. And basically what they do is YouTube video gets uploaded to YouTube. And within, let's say, the first 12 to 24 hours is kind of my experience of the upload. It, it can get flagged for demonetization, which basically means that you'll see your, you'll see like a green little dollar sign and it'll switch to a yellow dollar sign, which means that YouTube isn't sure whether your video is appropriate for all audiences. So you can, um, if you, if you don't get a notification for it, so you have to really keep on your channel to make sure that you are looking to see if you're getting these yellow symbols. If you do get a yellow symbol, then you can request review from a human to see whether your uh, whether your content is appropriate or not. Uh, they do say that if the video has less than a thousand views within the last seven days, that they won't review it. But a lot of people have told me that they have submitted for for you know remonetization, even though they have under a thousand views. And they've been fine. Their videos have been remonetized, and it's been fine. So I wouldn't under I wouldn't really take that for a hundred percent because I've had people tell me that that's not necessarily true. Well, how long does it take to get that response back to have a human review that video? It can take anywhere from a few hours to a few days to never. I have one video that I submitted for remonetization, and it had a, it was a, a one of my makeup minute news shows, and it had a picture of makeup Shayla, and she was dressed a little 
little, you know, cute, you know, she kind of had some cleavage showing and that video never got remonetized and probably should have just changed the thumbnail, mm-hmm. but I was being stubborn. So <laughs> <laughs> it never got remonetized. So, you know, uh, sometimes they just never, nothing ever happens. And sometimes usually it's within the first 24 hours, but I've definitely had some that take days. Is there a way to figure out on your own why YouTube demonetized your video? Well, for a, there was a theory of these, quote, secret codes that I talk about in my video that, mm-hmm. that Erica talked about you know, earlier, that you could look in your HTML for these secret codes that would tell you why your video was being demonetized. But YouTube has now done away with that. That was kind of our only hint as to why. Uh, there were people that were finding a code in their HTML that said promotes terrorism. But what I found is that promotes terrorism code is actually in every single video on YouTube. I I was actually watching Mm. um, Gigi Gorgeous's This Is Everything movie on YouTube Red, and it was in in her code. Mm. So So then that theory probably, yeah, then that that probably doesn't hold up that theory. No, it doesn't. Um, And you can check for yourself. Uh, I do have how to do that in my video if you want to see how to check the code. Um, But you'll probably find promotes terrorism. Just don't take that seriously that that's why your video is demonetized. At this point, I think YouTube wants to hide from creators why their video is being demonetized. And I think the reasoning behind that is they don't want people manipulating the system. Once people figure out, you know, how it works, then maybe they'll start fighting against that and putting up you know, content that is inappropriate, but they're trying to hide it as something that is appropriate, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough spot that YouTube is in because they rely on these advertisers to, you know, that's how they make money. And now these advertisers are used to, I think to an extent, you know, picking and choosing who they advertise with, not necessarily on YouTube, but, you know, they can on, on network television, they can choose what television shows that they advertise with. And, and it's a little bit more cut and dry for them. You know, if there's a certain television show or network they don't want to associate with, they could, they don't have to. But with YouTube, it's kind of like a wide open wild law west. And right. I think when these advertisers figured out, oh my God, we're, we're, we, you know, our ads are shown on this explicit content or something promoting something not very good, then it's easy for them just to pull out. So YouTube is trying to come up with a solution, but it sounds as if the solution is being far too broad and very, very strict and basically, you know, created some kind of algorithm that isn't necessarily, not necessarily demonetizing the right kind of videos that should be demonetized. Right. Absolutely. And it seems like, I mean, there's been very few people that I've spoken to. I think I've spoken to two people that have never had a video demonetized and I've spoken to over a hundred people, you know, regarding this Mm -hmm. and, you know, from the smallest creators to the biggest creators, everybody is getting hit with this from all different genres, you know, gaming videos and cooking videos. And, you know, every, everybody's getting hit with this. Someone told me they put up a video of their baby dancing and it got demonetized. I mean, (laughs) it's everybody. Yeah. And so what have you found being, you know, a lot of my listeners here are women, they do beauty, they do fashion, they do lifestyle. I know you do primarily just beauty. So in your experience, what have you found kind of triggers that yellow symbol to come up when you upload? I honestly think at this point that they're really, there, there are certain things you definitely need to stay away from. But it's very difficult to stay away from everything because, like you said, it's so incredibly broad. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I found the word unboxing. 
seems to trigger it every single time whenever I use the word unboxing. Um, and when any you say word, use the word, you're using it yes. in your title, in your description, Correct. in your tags. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Any And the word drugstore. And mm-hmm. you, you have the word drug in there. So I tried to avoid that by using the word convenience store in, in my description. <laughs> so you're going to pick a makeup at really, 7-Eleven. <laughs> right. I, I mean, <laughs> and then I put a little thing. There are certain words I just can't use. Yeah. But then I, I put timestamps and I put drugstore in the timestamps. And I was like, oh, man, people said, you know, you still have drug in your. Yeah. In your, I was like, no, I forgot about oh that. God. You know, because I'm trying to be helpful here yeah. you know, by putting the timestamps. So being careful of really thinking about every word you use, especially in your titles, especially in the beginning of your video description, that there's no way they could be misinterpreted as something inappropriate. I don't know what the deal is with unboxing, but um, instead maybe choose box opening or mm. first impression or something like that. It makes it tough because as creators, I know there's a lot of emphasis on YouTube SEO and trying to come up with titles and tags that are searchable that people are searching for. And, you know, I recommend TubeBuddy, which is a uh, a tool that allows people to kind of find these gems in there, you know, with high uh, search volume and low competition and things like that. So a lot of those words now can't be used so it becomes tricky for the creator, especially in conjunction with trying to do you know, the right SEO and the right wording. And absolutely. And and I honestly feel like, especially for smaller creators to, I hate to say this, but don't worry about it, mm-hmm. I, I about the demonetization, because chances are you're probably not making a ton right now anyway. Your goal is to grow your audience at this point. So I feel like that the searchability trumps the money piece at this point, in my opinion, because you're not making enough, most likely if you're a small creator, making enough to get your check at the end of the month. So the fact that you're, sac- you're I know you're trying to work your way up to that $100 threshold, but that audience is going to get you there. But if the audience can't find you, then because you're not using the tags, you're not using the titles because you're worried about demonetization, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot to try to get those pennies right now. You know what I'm saying? I 100% agree. And when you say pennies, it's like literally pennies. So it's, it really, when you're small and and like Jen said, you know, this isn't your livelihood. You're under, I don't even know what threshold I would say, like even under like what? I would say under 5,000 subscribers. I'd say even more, like at least under like even like under 10,000 at least, but don't even worry about it because the focus on YouTube is about growing and creating an engaged audience. And I want to talk about this later on, uh, you know, in this episode, but you'll figure out other ways to monetize. And there's a lot more value to having an engaged, loyal audience versus trying to game a system, which you can't even game because right now there's no transparency from YouTube into what's really, really going on into what they're really using to demonetize everything that we're saying is just speculation and everything that you see on YouTube all the the YouTube big heavy hitters uh you know the people that talk about YouTube kind of like what I do they're all speculating too a lot of it's speculation so there's nothing that's come out from YouTube to say a b and c because like you said Jen I think they don't they don't want they're purposely doing that because they don't want the bad guys to to game to game the system so right. instead of focusing on this, then I would really just focus on your content. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And creating excellent content. I mean, because people stress so much over this and I really, I, I, my, my message would be is just 
put it to the side. Just put mm-hmm. it to the side for now. Cre- focus on creating content that you personally would love to watch, getting those titles and tags and description, just like you always have tried to do. Mm-hmm. And let the monetization thing go for a bit. This is not going to be forever on YouTube, I don't think. I think I really think this is a temporary thing. I think this is something that YouTube is working through. They're trying to figure out what their advertisers want. They're trying to market to their adverti- advertisers and say, hey, these are all the things we're trying to do to protect you. It's also a marketing tool for them. You you know, to get these advertisers to come back. It's not about us. It's about them. So we just need to do what we can to do what's best for us, just like they're trying to do what's best for them. Yeah. And I think that's where people get upset. You know, I've watched videos from uh, Casey and Casey, I can never pronounce his last name. Me, uh, nice stat. Nice stat. Casey, nice stat. And, you know, for him, it hits him hard because he's big. So, right. I mean, he's looking at, you know, thousands of dollars at least. And for him, he's, he sees it as a very kind of personal thing as if like you are, you guys are not helping out these, you know, us creators, but he's on a different level in a way. I understand what he's saying because it, like you said, YouTube is really looking out for themselves or not really looking out for the creators. But I think unless you're really big like that, that's not really your fight in a way and that you should really be focusing on other things. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and people like Casey Neistat and Philip DeFranco and people that have been talking about the quote YouTube adpocalypse, they're in a different situation than most beauty creators are. I mean, they're in the same situation as the biggest creators. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about those big, huge creators. They're, they, they, yeah. And even the big beauty creators like Manny and Laura and Jeffrey mm-hmm. and all of them, they, they, they need to be listening to, you know, what Casey's saying. Yeah. But with us, we're, we're in a different situation, even with me at my, you know, just over a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, we're, we're not in the same situation as they are. But I do want to ask you too. I mean, you aren't at 5,000 subscribers. You didn't just start. This is what you're doing full time. And, you know, you put a lot of time and energy into it. And know you, to an extent, do uh, rely on that AdSense or not necessarily rely on it, but that was funding your YouTube channel and everything. So what are some things that you're doing? Because I have quite a few listeners that are in the same realm as you, you know, in the, you know, 100,000 or maybe 50,000 and above or 200,000 range. And, and what are you guys supposed to do? These kind of mid-range YouTubers. Well, what, what I've done and what I found is the best way to do this is to not, like I used to set my videos, you know, the night before and then set them to go live the next day at 10 AM. I don't, I can't do that anymore because what happens then is I get dinged as soon as the video goes live. Mm -hmm. And then I lose those first couple of hours, which are the most critical hours, those when I get the most views. So what I found I need to do is I need to upload the video and make it go live pretty much immediately. I need to wait till the morning to upload it, have my video description and everything in a document and then copy and paste it so that it's ready to go. So I don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but you know, really getting it out there because it seems like YouTube isn't flagging for demonetization for at least a few hours, you know, five, six, eight, ten 10 hours after mm. it's been uploaded. But if you've uploaded it ahead of time and set it to go live, you've already started that process. So you're relying on those first few hours. Exactly. Or, yeah, you're you're anticipating that you're going to get a lot of views in those first few hours and right. that you at least could get that. And right. then by the time YouTube catches up and they demonetize your video, you at least made a little bit of change. And then, you know, you go through the process of, you know, whether it's demonetized or not and having them uh, appealing that decision. 
Absolutely. And, and sometimes, most of the time, my videos aren't demonetized until the next day, mm. which has been great because that first day is, is the best day. Yeah. So I've been happy that they haven't been demonetized till the second day. So uploading them and setting them to go live at night and having them go live in the morning has been disastrous for, for the money that I've been making. So that's one thing that I've learned through trial and error. Hmm. That's interesting because I know YouTube themselves actually recommends putting up your video as unlisted. Right. And waiting to see if they're going to demonetize it. And and in your experience, you don't feel that's the most effective method. I think that that's something you can definitely do. But logistically, that's not really something that I can do Mm -hmm. because my videos are quite labor intensive. So I can only I'm kind of, you know, going and I'm like I've got my schedule of when I try to put videos up, I can't really get them done two and three days ahead of time unless I stopped making videos for an entire week and then just sat on videos. And I really don't want to do that. I guess that's just my stubbornness too. (laughs) I don't want to upload them two days ahead of time and let them sit there. I want everybody to see them. So that just might be a personal preference on me, but I would definitely encourage creators to try uploading two days ahead of time and letting them sit if they feel like that's right for their channel. That's just not something that I feel like I want to do with my personal channel. I mean, you upload every single day. Right. That's So that's really hard to do because then you're all, it adds a lot of extra work and then you're, you're kind of backlogged a little bit. You're not as current as you want to be, especially in the beauty, beauty YouTube community. A lot of it is like first to market in a way, you know, the first couple of people that are able to upload a video about a certain collection, they, mm-hmm. they see a little bit more of a boost because of that. Right. Absolutely. And, and you just kind of have to decide whether that's something you can do. And I I just feel like a lot of, I don't know, I haven't talked to a lot of people specifically about that topic. So if you're listening to this, you know, you just have to decide whether that's something you can do or not. I can't do it. Yeah. And (laughs) what about, I know you do a lot of live on YouTube, live streaming on YouTube. How does it work when it comes to live streaming? It's, it's the same thing as far as the demonetization. As soon as it renders into YouTube and people can watch it on the replay, it starts the clock. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of live streams demonetized. Yeah. And then, and then what do you do? You do go through the same process? Go through the same process, just requesting review, waiting for it to be reviewed, and then having it remonetized. And I, I haven't had any videos not remonetized except for that one with Shayla in the thumbnail. What percentage of your videos have you found that been demonetized are able to get remonetized again when it's gone through that review? Almost all of them. Oh, really? Almost every single video, except for all of them, except for that one video that I had Shayla in the thumbnail. That's the only one that wasn't. And that was from the initial, that video was from the initial push Mm -hmm. from when they first implemented the program. So that video was kind of old at that point and it was a makeup minute. So the news was way gone. You know, I do this mm-hmm. makeup news yeah. every single day thing. So this was, you know, two months old of makeup news. Nobody's watching that anymore. So it might've just been because it wasn't really getting any views anymore. And yeah, but all for- of the rest of my videos have been remonetized, every one of them. Okay. So, I mean, that's good in a way. It's just, you just lose like a day or two basically of that income basically. Right, exactly. But that first 48 hours really is critical for Mm -hmm. for making money. So it is a big hit, Mm -hmm. you know, to lose the whole second day. You know, that's for me, that's like 20, 30 bucks, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things is 20, $30, a lot of money. No, but it adds up over Mm -hmm. time, you know, losing that on every single video that adds up pretty quick. Yeah, especially since the amount that you make from AdSense to begin with is so small. Right. It's not like, 
you know, people are like getting paid all this money and they're like, okay, you know, it's like a 10, 15% decrease now, but they're still, they're still, they can still survive off this money. I mean, most creators don't really rely solely on AdSense. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, Okay. And so let's go. I have some questions in the Facebook groups and let me see what some of them are that we haven't talked about. Someone said, do you think the apocalypse will be fixed in 2018? I don't know if it's going to be fixed, but they are going to, I, I know it's going to change. YouTube's always changing. They're always trying to make things different and better. I mean, they're, they're looking at a new desktop that's in beta right now that I don't even see the point in changing it. The, de- the, the creator desktop, it seems perfectly fine to me, but they're testing a new desktop. I, I mean, they're constantly making changes. So I would definitely imagine that this was going, is going to change, hopefully for the better. There's YouTube's the only one that really knows the answer to that, but expect change, hopefully, hopefully for the better. So what are your thoughts on YouTube Red? Uh, Shannon in my Facebook group said, you know, uh, I'm interested in YouTube Red. I don't subscribe to it. It seems like they've stepped up their game with new programming. Uh, Do you think they'll continue to improve it so that it can compete with Netflix and other subscription services? And do you think that's what they're trying to work on, improving things uh, for, you know, for creators, creators as well? Honestly, like the way that I feel about YouTube Red is YouTube Red is a genius money-making thing for YouTube because it cuts the advertiser out completely. If every, imagine if every viewer on YouTube was paying 10 bucks a month, they, they would be making, they wouldn't need advertisers anymore. There'd be no point in having advertisers. They'd be making so much more money than they could ever make from advertisers. Mm -hmm. So the fact that people can now add multiple ads into their videos is starting to really irritate people. So in order to get rid of those ads, they can either get YouTube red or they can get an ad blocker. So they try to build in all of these extra bonuses for being in YouTube red. Like one, I just signed up for it and I actually really like it a lot. Uh, one thing that I really like is that if you're watching a video, you can exit out of the app and do like, if you're watching on your phone, exit out of the app and you can still listen to the YouTube video while you're doing other things on other apps. I love that feature. Yeah, you that's don't... nice. Because I, I, for me, I'm such a podcast audio person. And mm-hmm. there are sometimes videos that are really informative that you know I just kind of want to listen to while doing other things. But I can't do that. And it's frustrating. You can't do that on the, on your cell phone. On the right. App. Exactly. So that's that's been a real bonus for me. I've been absolutely loving that. So mm-hmm. you don't get that with an ad blocker. They also have all the YouTube Red series and things like that, whether you're interested in those or not will depend on your personal preferences, but they're trying to make it so that you will get YouTube Red. And I think giving creators the ability to add, I've seen 20 minute videos with six and seven ads in them, that's annoying. So that's going to push more people toward YouTube Red, which makes YouTube more money. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that. So what do you mean by, you know, creators being able to add you know, ads into their videos. I know you're able to do that, but can you explain that to people? Sure. If your video is over a certain length, I'm not sure exactly how long. I know I can't add additional ads into my one minute makeup minute videos, Mm -hmm. but my regular length videos, I can. So when you upload them, you can go to where, uh, let me actually, I'm I'm on my computer right now. Let me just go into the system here real quick. Um, you go in and you can actually place ads within your video. Uh, you can place multiple ads and you can say exactly where you want them to be. You've probably noticed as a watcher that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And that way you make more money. The more ads you decide to put on, the more money you'll make. What are your thoughts on that? 
I personally, as a viewer, I don't mind a mid-roll ad, one mid-roll ad. I don't mind an ad in the beginning and an ad in the end. But anything beyond that really annoys me. Uh, but I can understand why people do it because they're counting on people are going to continue watching their videos. So the, when you choose to put an ad in the middle of your video, you're counting on that your content is good enough mm -hmm. that people are going to stick around past yeah. the ad. Because if you don't have their attention before you run that ad, they're gone and your watch time's going down. Yep. So, so that's but, why like mm -hmm. the drama channels put so many ads in because they leave you with those cliffhangers because yeah. they, they know you're going to keep watching. But if your content, do, if you don't have like, if you're not doing like a top 10 of best concealers of 2017, where people might be curious to know what the next concealers are in your top 10, you know, you've got to be confident that they're going to stay. Yeah, because it can hurt you more in the long run if you put, you know, continue to put those mid-roll roll ads and people are you know, piecing out or they, they know to expect that from your videos and then they get annoyed and maybe don't watch or they right. just, you know, pop off when they're, you know, they lose interest. But so what have you been doing? I honestly, I kind of forget to put in the mid-roll ads. Mm -hmm. I keep meaning to in like my longer <laughs> videos yeah. because it really does make a significant difference. Oh, really? I mean, it's, it's, oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, even just putting one more ad can earn quite a bit more money. Hmm. Yeah. So, so I guess it's it kind is, of like a trial um, and error thing. It is. It is. And, and again, you just have to be confident that your audience will watch beyond. So the way that you find it is when you go into your creator studio, if you go into your individual video where you can edit it, where it says info and setting enhancement audio, all at the top of the screen, um, where you go and edit your video, where it says, um, down underneath your video, there's a thing that says monetization. And then if you click on that, then it'll say ad breaks down at the bottom and you can choose where your ads go. Yeah, somebody somebody asked, uh, you know, when placing ads in a video, would you add two or more in a ten minute, you know, ten minute plus video? Unless you were absolutely confident that your audience will watch, I would not recommend that because people are starting to unsubscribe. Oh, for the people that are continuing to put those mid roll ads. Exactly, they're getting mm -hmm. annoyed and they're unsubscribing because it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, and I think like we talked about earlier in the show, I mean, your focus, you know, even if you're under fifty thousand subscribers. Even under 100,000, I mean, really, your focus should really be on nurturing your audience, growing your audience and creating really, really good content. And, you know, and not because there's so much to worry about when it comes to YouTube, not just worry about, but there's so much to think about. There's so many aspects of it, right? From, you know, the actual filming to your camera, to your editing, then to the SEO, to your thumbnail. There's so many things. This is just adding another thing on top of it. And ultimately, if you're, it's really like you're, you're, you're talking about cents, right? It's like right. not that much money. So it's just really not worth worrying about it. If you, if you're a smaller creator. Absolutely. Even a, and even, even a mid-tier creator. Yeah. Even a mid-sized creators. I mean, you, you have to, when you create content, I feel like the most important thing is creating content that you will watch. So as you're watching your video with three ads in the 10 minute video, think about, would you actually watch that video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if you can say, no, I wouldn't watch it, then you need to change something so that it is a video that you would personally watch. Hey guys, I hope that you're enjoying my discussion with Jen about the YouTube adpocalypse. I'm just popping in here to remind you that today is the last day to sign up for the Beauty and the Vlog YouTube bootcamp. So today, Thursday, January 18th is the last day to sign up. So if you are interested, head over to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash bootcamp. All right, back to the episode. 
So what are some solutions to this apocalypse? I have a few ideas, but curious, you know, what would you tell creators? I mean, at this point, YouTube has the power as far as the demonetization. There, It's very difficult to predict what's going to trigger the demonetization. So personally, my thoughts, if you want to make money off of what you're doing on YouTube, I think the best way is affiliate links. I think affiliate links is a great way to make extra money. When I'm talking affiliate links, I'm talking about through Amazon. I use magic links. Uh, I know there's some other ones that people, I think is reward style is one that people use. That is a way that you can actually make a significant amount of money and it costs your subscribers absolutely nothing. All they're doing is clicking on your link as a referral. It's a commission-based system. So they're, they don't feel like, well, some people might, but I would imagine a lot of people wouldn't think that you're trying to rip them off. You know, like when people say with Patreon and things mm-hmm. like that, you're trying to take money from your subscribers because subscribers are actually donating their money to the channel with an affiliate link. They're not out anything. They're just, they're just going through your link rather than typing it into the search bar. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's the best way to earn extra money through your video. So if you're reviewing a bunch of products you know, if they're sold on Amazon, putting those Amazon affiliate links, um, or, you know, going through something like magic links, uh, it's really just a great way to earn extra money. I agree. I mean, I think my recommendation would be from a business perspective, it's a di- definitely diversify your income. <clears throat> and, and this is an exact reason why, because something like YouTube, you, know, you have no control over it. Like you said, they have all the power and, you know, they can just decide on a whim, whatever they want and it can affect you very negatively. So if you don't have any other means of getting an income, you're, you know, you're pretty out of luck. So you know, I, I agree. I think affiliate is a great way to do it. And if you do have a loyal and engaged audience and most people know they're, they're pretty sophisticated enough to know that, like you said, you know, they're not out anything by clicking on affiliate link. It's really, you know, to support the creator and their content uh, that they're, that they're doing. It's the companies themselves that are, you know, they're paying it out. So it's like, if you use an affiliate link at Nordstrom's and you're spending a hundred dollars at Nordstrom's, you know, they're, they're the ones, you know, doling out to the creators or or whatever it is to reward style and all that. It's not, it's not like, you know, the people clicking on the link are paying an extra amount of money to use that affiliate link. And a lot of times, you know, for the creators that are really uh, savvy, you know, they, they have uh, custom codes and relationships with a lot of brands and they can provide even additional discounts and things like that. And, uh, you know, that's something that's a whole nother topic. And right. I did speak about it a little bit uh, in another episode with Kimberlea and I will link that in the show notes and talking about, you know, having those relationships with brands so that you could get those special affiliate links and things like that. But it's really important to diversify your income. So affiliates is one way, you know, sponsored videos is, Another way, I mean, I know you have thoughts on sponsor videos. What are your, what are your thoughts there? I think sponsor videos are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal, my personal moral compass, I always make sure I tell the person that wants to sponsor a video on my channel that it is going to be an honest review. Uh, I don't do commercials on my channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, some people feel absolutely comfortable just showing a product, demoing a product without giving a review. But with my channel, the way that it is, I am a review channel. So yeah. I don't do videos like that where I'm just demoing a product where you can kind of do, uh, you know, 
you can you can present the product without really saying whether you think whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what I choose to do. So then companies decide whether they want to send me stuff. Um, I also don't do videos that aren't relatable to my channel. Like for example, there's a lot of um, Best Fiends ads out there. Uh, Best Fiends is paying huge money. They offered me money. They offered me the most money I have ever been offered for a video. I Best turned it what? down. What is the it? Best Fiends. It's an app. It's oh, like okay. a game. Oh, app. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. an app game. And if they offered me that much money, I can't even imagine how much money they offered the biggest creators. And yeah. I can see why they're doing it. But that is something that I personally don't do on my channel. Um, but I have no problems doing a sponsored review if it's just, hey, I want to put this product in front of your audience and you can be honest about it. Definitely. So I think you got to figure out what works for you, for your branding, for your niche, whatever it is. You know, I think, you know, for some, it's fine to do a sponsored video as long as you're transparent about it and say, hey, I'm just, you know, using this product almost like a commercial in a way. And for some people, it works for them. And it's a great way for them to be able to make some money. You know, and like you said, you know, you could do a sponsored video, but you're going to be having honest reviews. Sometimes companies like that. Sometimes they don't. So it really has to go with what works for you and your branding and what you you feel uh, you would feel comfortable with presenting to your audience. But, you know, sponsored videos are another great way. And, you know, another thing to think about, too, is and I, I know this doesn't always relate to everybody listening, but I, I know at the same time, there's a lot of business owners out there that have a YouTube channel, like maybe they're makeup artists, maybe they are, uh, you know, hairstylists, maybe they have some kind of a shop online, or they're, you know, they're thinking about having a shop online, like that same guest on my podcast, Kimberlea, uh, since her and I spoke, I mean, we, we still keep in contact and stuff. She opened up an online shop, uh, because she, you know, her channel is a lot about tech and, um, you know, cool tech tools. So she opened up a shop selling uh, cell phone cases. And so I think starting to think like a business owner versus just Mm -hmm. a creator, I think it's a way that and the trend that is gonna that most people are going to move in the direction, especially those that are looking to make YouTube their full time thing. And I wouldn't see YouTube as a full time thing. It's very difficult to rely on just the AdSense and it's getting harder and harder every day. I think you need to start thinking from a business perspective of, okay, you know, YouTube is a means to an end. It's a vehicle for me to share my message. It's a vehicle for me to share my interest. Now, how can I use that to make money offline possibly, or make money on a different website or make money, you know, somewhere else. So I think you need to start thinking creatively in Mm -hmm. that sense. Maybe you have a product or you, you know, that you're going to want to sell. Maybe you you uh, aggregate products and you put a different website that, you know, you're kind of like a middleman and, you know, you sell things that way. Maybe you have services that you offer, consulting services, um, you create courses, you know, whatever it is, I think you need to start thinking, uh, not you, Jen, I think you, the listener, YouTubers <laughs> need to start thinking, you know, in that way. And ultimately in the long run, you'll be more, you'll, you'll make more money. You'll be more successful than just relying on the AdSense. And a lot of creators, right. you know, they, they get, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise out there about this, but you know, a lot of beauty creators come up with their own products or they 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 hook up with a brand. And the reason is, is because there's big money in that. And there's more mm-hmm. money in that than relying on AdSense. And the smart creators, you know, they do that. Uh, I know there's a lot of drama that results from that and that feeds <laughs> the drama channels, but the reality is it's a business decision for them. Right. And, Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> 
And although there's a lot of noise in the drama sense, they make a lot of money and a lot of product is sold from that. So I know smaller creators, it's a little harder because you don't got the big names like Naked Tutorials or Laura Lee or Candy Johnson and all that. But there's a lot of ways that you can influence, you know, use your influence to to make money offline or off of off of YouTube. And those are just a couple of different uh, examples and scenarios. Yeah. And, and if you don't have a huge following and you want to do something like an online shop, my friend Lisa Irby actually made a video about the Amazon shops mm-hmm. where you can set up your own shop where it'll be, you know, my channel will be Jen Loves Reviews Amazon shop. And I can put my whole filming setup in there. I can yeah. put products that are sold on Amazon on there and I can have that automatically linked within all of my videos. And the thing is, if somebody buys a, some, like, let's say somebody buys a nail polish that I recommended, but then they also decide to buy a television set. I still get money off the television set that they decided to buy that I had nothing to do with as long as it was within that, yeah, you know, that purchase. Yeah. It has to be so, within like yeah. a 48 hours or 24. I, I forget what it is for Amazon. It's a shorter window yeah. for Amazon than other retailers, but there's so much more that they offer on Amazon that, you know, like you said, they could go on there for uh, a lipstick, but end up buying, you know, I don't know, whatever clothing or, you know, some toilet paper and you get credit for that. Exactly. So in case you're looking for that video, her name is Lisa spelled traditionally and her last name is I-R-B-Y and it's called Earn with Amazon Influencer Program and How to Join. And it's just a very straight to the point five minute video of how to set it up. I actually applied as for YouTube and I was denied, but I applied for my Instagram, which has about twelve and a half thousand and I was approved for Instagram, which is very odd. Is it for the Amazon affiliate or for this Amazon shop? It's different. It's okay. an, actually, it's a different system than the Amazon affiliate. Okay. There's so that's two really different good. systems. You guys should definitely all check that video out. And I am going to link it in the show notes. And so you can check it out there. And, right. you know, the other thing too that you can do is, and this is what I do, is, you know, if you do have a website, uh, you could create an entire page. So I have a beautyandthevlog.com forward slash resources page. And that's a set of, you know, a list of resources uh, and tools that I recommend for creators that are just getting started or looking to up their game with equipment. And I set up a really nice looking web page with all of those products. And that's, you know, that's Amazon affiliates that I get affiliate income. And it's also even like tools like TubeBuddy and things like that, where I get, uh, you know, affiliates from those as well. So that's something else to consider. And if you do have your own website, it's just creating like a website page. And then you can use that link. And the nice part about that is that instead of going into Amazon, you're actually going onto your your website, uh, depending on what you're trying to promote on your website. And, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit too. And this is something else that I am going to be talking more and more about on the podcast, uh, on, you know, these business ideas, because that's really my background. I mean, my background is, is business and sales and marketing. And that's kind of what I bring to kind of this community. But the other thing too, that is super important and that a lot of people are not doing is, and I know you and I had talked about this a little bit, Jen, but, you know, starting and growing an email list. And the reason for that is because when you get ready to sell a product, when you get ready to say launch a store like Kimberlea did, or when you get ready to start consulting services or to do a course, you've got that list of people that have signed up for your email list that you have complete control over. That meaning that you shoot out an email and all of those people get it. It's not an algorithm that decides who's going to see that email and that's your list. So if something happens with YouTube, something happens with Instagram, whatever it is, 
you have that list of people that you can, you know, you can promote whatever it is that you want to promote. So having an email list is really, really important. I've really stepped up my game recently in doing that. I mean, I, that's a mistake that I made is, you know, I didn't get started uh, thinking I need to build up an email list. And so, you know, in the last six months, I've been really working at it. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of gain, even in, in the number of people that listen to the podcast, uh, because, you know, I send out a weekly email saying, Hey guys, you know, I've got this podcast episode and all that. And even though you, sh- you should subscribe to the Beauty and the Blah podcast so you don't miss an episode, <laughs> uh, putting that out there. But, you know, having an email is great because you could just throw that out there and people are like, oh, yeah, I want to listen to that episode or whatever. So that was even just a byproduct of having, an, you know, having a, a larger email list that I didn't even really, really think about. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into that in other podcast episodes because there's a lot of information there. But I want you to start you guys to start thinking about creating an email list and, you know, asking people for emails and, you know, going back to like sending people to your website, you know, if you send people to your website, then, you know, hopefully you have some kind of a pop-up or a sidebar thing, you know, encouraging people to sign up for your email list. And, you know, it's something that maybe, you know, you add in your videos, like, Hey, you know, sign up for my email list. There's, there's very strategic ways to do it. You don't want to say sign up for my email list. You want to be able to offer something of value, you know, Hey, I have this list of something, or I have this you know, whatever it is, offer a, you know, a PDF or something informative of value so that people do sign up for your list. But there's a lot that we can talk about, but that's definitely something else that you really, uh, that you guys listening really want to think about and consider if you are looking to make YouTube a career and to basically monetize your efforts on YouTube. And as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about, well, what would we send out as beauty creators? What would we send out in an email like this? And what comes to mind is like, let's say you do a monthly favorites video. You could put images of your products that you put in your monthly favorites with a magic link that mm-hmm. gives you now monetization. So, hey, did you see my top 10 whatever? Or did you see my November favorites video? Here are all the products I discussed uh, in case you wanted, in case you missed it. So you can just click them right away and go. And then not only are you keeping in touch with your audience, engaging with your audience, but you're also giving them a clickable, clickable link that you could potentially make money from. Yeah. And the other thing too, that's really popular and say the, and, and I always love taking ideas from other you know, other niches, right? I think it's a really smart thing to do. That's why I'm starting to have different, uh, just people from different niches on the show, like from health and cooking and all these different things. And one of the things that I see a lot in the, uh, you know, health type niche is, you know, shopping lists. So, you know, I'll see like Trader Joe's shopping list or Costco shopping list. If you're like gluten-free shopping list, cause I, you know, I try to do gluten-free. So, you know, Costco shopping list, gluten-free or something like that. So you can even do like, you know, here's your Sephora VIB shopping list, you know, to put yeah. on, take with you to the store. You might not get a affiliate links, but that, but that could be something that you can really get, you know, a lot of email subscribers if that's your goal. You're like, Hey, here's this. Cause I know a lot of people, I mean, I do this myself, like, you know, people that I, I like and trust, I'll watch like you, Jen, I watched, you know, I watch your videos and I say, Oh, well, that's a recommendation. Okay. You know, I'll write it down. I have a note section and all that stuff. And I, I write down this, and I write down that. But if you say, Hey, you know, I have an easily downloadable shopping list, print it out and take it to the store. You can you just pull it up on your phone so that when you're in the store for the VIB sale, it's easy, something like that. So, it's something that's very new to the the beauty community and even the YouTube community in general. So, you know, it's, it's nice to start talking about this, like thinking about ideas. Like I think as, as YouTubers and creators are so used to presenting things for free, 
you know, this, you know, this is for free. And it's a little hard to think about how am I going to put like, kind of like a barrier to that, but you want to start thinking in that way, uh, because that's, you know, that's how a lot of bloggers are moving in the direction. You know, a lot of them are creating email lists and especially like online marketers where they're talking about things like, you know, how to grow a blog, how to use, you know, YouTube, how to use Pinterest, things like that. People like myself, you know, we've been doing email lists and stuff for a while. And it's something that as YouTubers, I think, you know, the YouTube community needs to get a little bit more savvy on. So yeah, definitely. And, and kind of going back to the video, the video, the podcast that we had done before about growing your community. It's my personal opinion that you should never sacrifice your relationship with your community in order to make money. Uh, my personal viewpoint is that, you know, focusing on what your community is interested in, what your community needs, and then thinking about how you can incorporate the money piece into that. Mm-hmm. But if it, I've seen a lot of YouTubers lose subscribers because they seem to be doing every other video as a sponsored video yes. or they they're pushing their affiliate codes too hard. You know, I, I, there's, there's a balance there. And so, you know, keeping that in in the front of your mind when you're doing a sponsored video, or when you're talking about an affiliate link, that the audience isn't there to make you money. The audience is there really for them. Mm. They're there because they want to gain something from your video, whether it's information, whether it's entertainment, whether it's because they have a personal connection with you, they don't, they're not worried about how much money you're making. So kind of keeping in mind that because you don't want, to, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face kind of thing. Exactly. And I think that's a really, really good point. It's really important. And the best, the people that do the best at this, you know, they, they're able to, uh, to kind of dance between that line of, you know, being very, very loyal and very, very connected to their audience. And, uh, at the same time, being able to know what they want and need and, and present, you know, these affiliates in a very you know strategic, but a very kind of a way that doesn't turn off their, their viewers. Uh, and it's a really important thing to think about because you don't want to turn, you don't want to, you don't want to be focused on that also. And people are like, they sense it, you know, they sense like, well, she's only mm-hmm. doing this to, to get that affiliate link. So you want to make sure that that's you know, not your sole, your sole purpose of creating a video or something like that. And then the, yeah. the other thing I do want to mention as something that I'm starting to research on, I'm starting to play around with because I have seen a lot of people, especially in, I'd say like the fitness community, even the health community uh, do this is to start working with a network marketing company, an MLM. And I know it gets a kind of a bad rap in a lot of ways because there's a lot of, uh, you know, people out there that that maybe approach it the wrong way. But there's a lot of creators out there that are working with MLM companies and have done it in a way that's still very um, serving their audience, not in a way that's pushing it and kind of incorporating it into their content and making a very significant amount of money. And I th- I talked about it a little bit on my podcast episode a few weeks back with a uh, Jessica Nazarali, and I can link that in the show notes. And I am going to actually have uh, somebody on the show and, um, you know, probably within a month or so to talk specifically about this uh, topic, because it's something I think that, uh, you know, I think in the beauty community and, you know, other, whoever, you know, whatever genre you're in to start thinking about it as a possible um, other, you know, source of income. Yeah, definitely. And I think as as long as you believe in what it is you're presenting to your audience, mm-hmm. as long as that MLM or that product is something that you really truly believe that your audience will gain something from, I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think that's that kind of rounds up the this whole discussion. Um, you know, I 
you know, I want to thank Jen for coming on the podcast and really uh, explaining this in detail, the demonetization and all that. And, you know, I wanted to provide some solutions to that or some, you know, helpful tips to kind of get through it. Uh, Do you have any last thoughts or anything else that you want to add to this topic? Just mostly just hang in there and know you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Know that we're all, we're all there with you. When you're, when you see that yellow icon pop up, just think about the thousands of other people that are there with you frustrated as well. (laughs) Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your audience. Don't count on YouTube. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like Erica was saying about, you know, differentiating your income and just hang in there because this is not forever. This is just a moment in time and it's not personal against you. You just have to just be you and be awesome and you will make it through this. We are all going to do this. We're all going to make it through. Yes. I love that, Jen. So for anybody that's not familiar with you and how amazing you are and what you know, everything that you do, you guys have to, you, you guys, have, I mean, I'll say this because I love what Jen does. I mean, you guys oh, have to thanks. check out her YouTube channel. I mean, she uploads every single day. I'm so proud of her. She just reached a hundred thousand subscribers. So I'm very excited for that. I mean, she's probably one of the most like hardworking YouTubers out there. I mean, how often do you upload Jen? I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's typically nine videos a week. This month I've been doing eight because it's been hard with the holidays and everything and shopping and (laughs) I know I'm such a slacker, but I mean, five of the videos are makeup minutes. So it's makeup news Monday through Friday, one minute. So I mean, they do take time to produce, but I've got the five minute, you know, makeup minutes. And then on Sundays, we have a full length makeup news show telling you everything that is coming out at makeup news that's happening in the industry, what's happening. Uh, and that's every single Sunday at 930 AM Eastern. And then I usually put up two to three review tip trick videos per week along with that. So, so where can people find that? I don't know if you said you can find that my YouTube channel is Jen loves reviews. It's J E N L U V S. And then the word reviews, and that's my YouTube. I'm also uh, very active on Twitter. Twitter's my new addiction. So if you ever have any questions about anything, you can feel free to tweet me at Jen Loves Reviews over there. I'm also on Instagram and Snapchat as well under Jen Loves Reviews. And let's keep this conversation going about this topic. And so, you know, if you guys are not members of the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group, make sure that you go in there. You know, I posted in there that I was going to interview Jen about this topic, and I got a bunch of questions from there. And you know, when this interview goes live, I will post that in there. Jen's in the Facebook group and, you know, she can answer any of your questions. Also, like Jen said, she's really active on Twitter. So tweet, I'm on, I'm on Twitter too. So tweet me and Jen, if you have questions about this, but let's definitely keep this conversation going. Um, because like Jen said, you know, we're going to get through this. Everyone will get through it. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, things are changing. I mean, YouTube is changing. They're changing all the time. And, you know, the, it's such a cliche, but when it comes to YouTube, the only constant is change. So. Right. That's true. Truer words were never spoke. (laughs) All right, Jen. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Erica. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Jen Loves Reviews. And go ahead and show her some love on her YouTube channel, Jen Loves Reviews. She also did a YouTube video on this topic as well. So I am going to link that in the show notes, the show notes that can be found at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash ad apocalypse. And as a reminder, if you are thinking about joining the Beauty in the Vlog YouTube bootcamp today, January 18th is the last day that the bootcamp is open for enrollment. So if you're interested, if you're on the fence, if you're just thinking about it, I say go ahead and pull the trigger, join the dozens of creators that are looking to make 2018 their year for YouTube. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.
Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.